Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On a record. <clears throat> On the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is May 16th. The heck is going on? One moment. Oh, uh, there it goes right here. I'm playing. Oh, boy. One moment, please. <clears throat> my apologies. A whole bunch of things going on with my phone as I'm trying to dial at the same time. <clears throat> so, I guess you just call me Brother Shedrick. Shalom, this is Brother Shedrick. I, I just got to call you. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Uh, E.K., have you heard from Ramya? I haven't heard from him today. Last time I spoke with him was, um, I want to say, Sunday. Hmm. Okay. Does anybody have a juicer? No. I wish I did. It be better than using a blender. Con. I knew you did, man, but I mean, anybody. <laughs> what kind of juicer do you have, sir? Uh, I have a, it's an Oster J8005 masticating juicer. Is it affordable? Um, man. I'm trying to think. When I bought that juicer, eh, probably not. I mean, I bought – I'm going to tell you, this is the reason why I got that juicer. My original juicer was was the centrifugal, and it was was really affordable. But the thing is, is that I didn't know, like, when I bought that juicer, I didn't – Number one, I didn't have the money to do it to get a better one, and I just thought, you know, it, it would be okay to do that one. But the problem with um, those centrifugal juicers, as I found out, is that 
all the money that I was spending on the produce, I ended up throwing a lot of it well, well, I won't say throwing a lot of it away, but those centrifugal juicers, the way that they extract the juice, it heats it up. And so you end up with like a real frothy, it'll juice it, but you end up with a real um, frothy juice. It's actually more froth and smooth. And even when you throw away the um, the refuse, it still got a lot of um, a lot of juice in it. So I just was like, man, I'm spending the extra money having to continually buy produce to make, say, like a mason jars worth, which is like a, like a, a, a quart. I'm spending extra money constantly buying enough um, produce to fill up this mason jar. And then when I went to that masticating juicer. The money that I put into um, the, the masticating juicer, I got it back on the fact that I didn't have to spend as much money on produce because when that thing chews it up, it is bone dry. And so that that's the, the major reason. And the other thing is, is that with a masticating, um, it it basically like chews the um, produce and it, it's better with greens. So if you're making like green juices, you're going to definitely want a masticator as opposed to centrifugal because like I said it'll heat it up and it'll be real frothy whereas with that juicer that um that I ultimately ended up going with and I had a juicer for probably about five years now um it's really been um it's really produced better juices uh, I'll just say that um very smooth um and I throw away like I said when I throw away the the, the refuse is is bone dry so I yell. Hmm. I think that we actually have an how do you say it? Oyster? Is that how you say it? Oster? Oster. Oyster. Oster. Oster, yes sir. Yeah, we have one of those uh Oster juicers. Um and we have we had a neutral bullet and um that wore out and we have a magic bullet now and a and a oster but I don't use it as much as I would like to. I'm really um so caught up in uh work. I really don't have time to slow down and take a half an hour to really prepare stuff, you know. Luckily, I have a woman who does a lot of that for me, but I would really like to use it more. So, um, Lynn, can you share with us... uh, you you spoke with me last year about um, turpentine. Can you share that with us? Yeah, ta-da. So um, turpentine. So the turpentine is basically a cure-all that they, they say it was popularized um, during antebellum slavery as a cure-all for, um, you know, our, our, our relatives uh, because they, they didn't really have good access to medical care. Basically what uh, turpentine is is a uh, 
it is a it's derived from a pine rose and you can get it from a couple of different types of trees but mostly in the south it's um, derived from pine rose and uh, coming from the pine tree and this thing is pretty much uh, like I said it's a cure-all it's antibacterial anti-inflammatory um, antiviral um, antiseptic you name it uh, that's what it is so um, I ended up coming across I, I was familiar with it growing up um, just you know growing up around um, you know my grandmother and and you know people of her generation I'd already always heard people talk about it um, but I never had really I mean I really had forgot about it um, until one day I was out uh, doing some research on uh, the internet and YouTube and I came across this sister um, I forget her first name, but her last name is uh, Daniels. And this sister was, uh, if anybody gets a chance, uh, look her up. But basically, she was, um, I want to say she was like a Harvard-educated uh, physician. I know, I know it, was, it was one of those Ivy League schools. It might have been, um, I'm pretty sure it was Harvard. I'm thinking it was Harvard. But um, she ended up going through, um, you know, becoming an MD, and ended up getting into, uh, uh, I would say, uh, confrontation with uh, the New York Licensing Board uh, for Physicians because, and it was, the reason why she got into that situation is because um, she was brought up on complaint by the, the licensing authority uh, in that state because by pharmaceutical, by a pharmaceutical rep or a pharmaceutical company because she wasn't turning down as many prescriptions and um, know how to give you samples whenever you go. I don't know how familiar folks are with this, but um, you go to the doctor, a lot of times they give you samples because they want to get you hooked on, on these different poisons. And so she found um, a, um, a real unique use for uh, turpentine in her own practice. So you know, her skill was always if you, you know, if she was dealing with a with a client, she could say you can do one or two things. You can follow the, you know, standard protocol where you treat your condition or you can heal it. And if you heal it, I, I developed the protocol. And so basically this sister got, um, she got her license uh, taken, and she's on a blacklist. She can't even work in the United States now because she was curing people instead of killing them. So um, I did a lot of a lot of research on that. Um, I ended up uh, using it um, myself. And, and went and did, and this is the crazy thing about it, right? So the Merck Medical Manual it basically um, was like almost like a home encyclopedia where it'll tell you about uh, the different products. It can either be like a at one point in time Merck. The, the Merck Medical Manual had pharmaceuticals as well as homeopathic uh, remedies for various illnesses. Now, the thing is, is that in the 1899 uh, edition of the Merck Medical Manual, turpentine was listed as a pretty much it will cure anything. I mean, you name it, it will cure it. It was it was listed as a, as a treatment for a whole host of stuff. But then you fast forward to the Merck Medical Manual in 1999, which is basically a century later, 
they got it listed as it, it being toxic, poison, it'll kill you, yada, yada, yada. And it's obvious that with this being a for-profit enterprise, you know, they can't make money off nature. You know, it has to be um, distilled into something that is, is proprietary because they're, you know, they're they, they the, the real drug pushers. But um, to sort of wrap it up, it's, it's a natural remedy. Um, I've used it on and off for maybe about um, three to four years. And, you know, I can't tell you um, what it has, has done for, I mean, I've gone on to other things, but, you know, when I was using it, um, it is, is definitely a benefit, you know, to your vitality. Um, if you feel like you got a, a, a flu coming on, um, it's good to, or flu or, or cold light symptoms, you know, it's good for that because it's, it's antibacterial. Um, you know, I've, I've even noticed a, uh, a Im- improvement in my in my sight um, during the time that I was using it. It's a great um, appetite suppressant, and it actually, to some degree, I would say it it actually corrects. Um, like, if you have a propensity to you know not eat real healthy, I've noticed it's corrective in the sense that it'll deal with some of those um, bacterias that may be, you know, contributing, like, contributing to you making bad um, uh, decisions um, in your in your uh, food choices, it'll, it'll actually correct it. So, I mean, your, your body will actually start craving fruits and vegetables where, you know, you may be somebody that likes, you know, meats and pizza and things of that nature. So, um, like I said, overall, it is, uh, you know, it, it's um, it's very beneficial. She has case sheets where she's um, shown that uh, she's been able to cure certain types of cancer, um, diabetes, uh, urinary tract infections, and a whole host of uh, different pathologies. So you know, that's pretty much the the, uh, the background on the turpentine. Are you? Shalom, brother Ram. Yeah. Shalom, You okay? Yeah, I'm better now. Um, forgive me if I sound a little um, tired a little bit, but I've been up for almost over over what almost sitting. What twenty four hours, so brother, I know the feeling. Um, I I wanted to bring up this stuff because I wanted to make sure that we have in our mind. We need to talk about this on a weekly basis, um, as we're gonna be helping people out in the public. We need to talk about um, good old-fashioned herbal home remedies, things like that. Um, Cedric, do you know any any uh, any home remedies, herbal remedies?
Sorry, brother. I was trying to get myself off mute. Um, well, um, right now, um, we've started using black seed oil. And, um, it, from what I know, it does a, it does a variety of things. And, um, my mom, she has lupus. And I remember when she first got um, diagnosed, um, you know, we were going to eventually get her on a, a a more healthier diet. And she she eventually, you know, got to a point where she started eating salads and things like that. And she actually likes it. Um, I remember a conversation you and I had, brother. Um, you asked me if we ever thought about using black seed oil. And I was just like, you know, I never, I, I didn't really consider it. Um, but what I did was I actually got her to purchase some. Since then, she um, hasn't necessarily uh, had an appetite, so to speak, because I know that, you know, we tend to um, eat more than we should. Some of us do. We tend to eat more than we should. Or um, we don't, you know, necessarily have a filter on what it is that we eat. But sometimes we, you know, we have to calm certain types of cravings. And cravings, and for her, she's able to cut back on uh, what she eats. So if she craves like pork and things like that, she won't eat as much. Um, she said that it helped her um, digestive tract and things like that. So, and it definitely can act as a detox, so to speak. Um, that's one I can recommend. I remember, you know, coming in, um, we used to always talk about Moringa, but I hadn't, you know, I haven't necessarily tried it. And um, I haven't um, gone to uh, a place where I can actually find it, but I used to use chlorella all the time, and I used to use that as a detox. That actually used to be good, and it helped to clear my skin because um, I would, you know, uh, get some acne here and there. I used to suffer from acne really bad uh, when I was, uh, like, in my teens. But um, over the years, I, you know, I guess I grew out of it, but then it would kind of, like, creep up here and there. But that chlorella would... Uh, flesh me out, and it would flesh out all the, you know, toxins in your body um, so that you can, you know, um, keep or have some type of clear skin. So I would always recommend, you know, to anybody to take a chlorella. And I would always tell mom, hey, or my sisters, hey, you know, y'all might want to try chlorella because it actually is pretty good for uh, detox and things like that. Um, so those are what I can recommend right now. I'm always on the lookout for anything. And I and I always say I wish that we had some of those herbs that um uh, uh Dr. Sabi were uh, Dr. Sabi and his wife was using. because uh, I was just I was always just curious about them, but uh nonetheless what I spoke on this far, brother, that's what I would um recommend and I yield. 
Thank you, brother. The Dr. Sadie ones do work. I used to use those when I was younger, but um, now they, um, his ex-wife is continuing the formula, so uh, I think it's fig tree. I think that's what it is, the fig tree, my eyes, fig tree, something like that. But um, what about you, Brother Robert? Brother Robert, uh, well, I guess maybe you can't talk. Uh, what about you, brother um, EK? Yeah, um, I take black seed oil every day. Um, there's another herb called ginkgo. Um, one of the brothers that's no longer here recommended I use that. Been using that since I want to say October 2017. Um, it's good for mental clarity. Um, you can take it in liquid extract or you can take it in capsules. Um, it's good for like mental clarity and stuff like that. So it keeps your your mind sharp, so to speak. Um, there's another one called rhodiola. I take that every day as well. It's good for mental stress, uh, mental stamina, uh, physical stamina. It's really like an energy boosting type of herb. Um, if you're really active and, um, you know, you are sort of like working around the clock or you just really have an active lifestyle, that's really good to take. Um, every now and then I'll do ginger, uh, particularly if I have like a, if I have a cold coming on, I'll use that. I'll take ginger, I'll eat it raw, I'll cut it up, I'll eat it raw, or I'll boil hot water and put that and drink it as a tea and then eat it, eat the ginger afterwards. Um and then I was using elderberry last year. I stopped. Um, that's pretty good. That's good for it's antioxidant. Um, it's good for your heart as well um, and stuff like that. So that's pretty much my sort of, <laughs> I would say, medicinal cabinet <laughs> um, that I sort of that's what that I sort of use. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Thank you, sir. Um, William, what do you know about castor oil? Um, Not much about it. I remember being um, administered it uh, as a a child, but, you know, I've not really um, used it in my adult life, you know, um, definitely not um, in, in an internal capacity. Okay. Well, all I know is that it makes you go to the restroom. It's like a, a laxative. I know that. Yeah, it's an expectorant. Wait a minute. You can drink castor oil? Uh-huh. Well, you don't, well I guess, but you just really wouldn't want to do that. 
I mean, I didn't know it. I didn't know it was. Uh, I didn't know it was edible or uh, consumable because we always just use it. Use it on my hair, so uh, that's why I was just kind of like, you can you can consume that. So now I will look into it. I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look into it because I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, you brother, you can consume it. You just gotta really watch the dosage. But it, but you can't consume it. Okay, man, that's something new. That's a whole new revelation. Yeah, no. your intestines will fall out. What? Yeah, go ahead, brother. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is gonna be real. This is gonna be real crazy. But until I think maybe a few years ago, I was always and and you can laugh, but I was always under the suspicious impression that castor oil, I equated it with, like, fuel. Just the term castor, because I heard the word, I heard that castor is like a brand name or something like that. I didn't know that that was, it was relative to, like, you know, kind of a herbal type of thing, but I always used to equate it with, like, gas fuel, and I know that sounds pretty ludicrous, but until I, until I got that clarified, I was, like, always under that suspicion, so... Hmm. That might be something to look into. Maybe you can use it for that. But I know this, that castor oil will literally make you, uh, you take too much of it and your intestines are going to fall out your butt, believe me. It's really serious, believe me. Um, yeah, right about now. <laughs> we, we use it. Um, well, I use it for like activities, but also used to use it for ear aches. Like one time, oh, I'm blessed because only one time in my life I had like an ear infection where the cold got in my ear and my ear was aching, and um, I used the castor oil and it. I mean, my ear was hurting so bad, and and I was, like, kind of young. I was, like, 22, I think, and um, I was working at a toy store making $5, no, $4.50 an hour, so I was not really uh, barely able to make it. But um, <clears throat> I used that castor oil, which is the old remedy that used to be, you know, in the Growing up, my grandparents they they had hazel, they had sulfur eight, um, they had castor oil, cod liver oil, turpentine, and there's one more. Uh, oh, perox- hydrogen peroxide, and um, I'm telling you, they use that stuff for everything. Everything. So, uh, Lynn, what do you know about food grade hydrogen peroxide? The only thing I know about it is that um, it, it's supposed to increase the um, oxygenation in your body. Um, and I actually bought a container of it, and I, I something happened, and um, I, I don't know if if. I dropped it or somebody set something on it or what, but 
it burst the bottle that it was in, and that stuff ate up. It was on a dresser. It pretty much ate up the wood on the dresser. So after I saw that and cleaned it up, I was like, ah, I, I kind of backed off on that. I didn't know if I wanted to, uh, you know, buy another container and try it again. But, yeah, it's, it's supposed to it's supposed to increase your the ability of your 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 tissues to um, oxygenate. That's the extent of what I remember about it. Okay, thank you, sir. Well, it's uh, supposed to be kind of a cure-all. That's basically all I know. I know that they, well, Sister Tori used it on her aunt. Her aunt had um, cancer a couple years back, and then she gave her that to use, and she drank it, like, every day for, like, a year or something, and then her cancer was gone. Now, she was doing other stuff, so I'm not going to say that it was just that that did it, but um, but she did use it. So, anyway, uh, I, I wanted to bring that up so that we can regularly discuss the, those types of things and keep our minds on it. And um, when I was young and I was in priesthood and my teacher, he had a very great reputation for herbs. And um, I had, I want to put this on the record. I got to put this on the record because I don't want to forget this. This is like around, I guess it's going to be 91, 92, something like that. I met this brother and I was just at the local corner store and it's just like, I just felt this connection. Like he had some type of knowledge. So uh, hollered at him. He told me he did martial arts and yoga. And I said, man, that's what I'm trying to get into right now. You know, I'm trying to start in martial arts and yoga. So fast forward. Um, I saw this guy four times in my life, that same guy. I saw him once a, uh, another time at the library several years after that. I saw him another time like at the mall. And one other time, I think it might have been downtown Detroit. Okay, but look, this is what happened. So after the, all these years that passed, I want to say had to be five or six years from that first time I met that brother. So I'm I'm at the library and I see him, and it's like I don't know. This is just strange. It's just like we were just brothers. I just can't explain it. I don't even, I never even got his name. So I told him, oh, yeah, when I last saw you and I was talking to you, I was, because he showed me some yoga um, in, in the, the party store. When I first met him, he showed me some yoga, and I still do those things to this day. 
Well, anyway, so I saw her at the library, and I was like, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I got a teacher now. His name is such and such, you know, Professor Zachariah. He was like, oh, yeah, I know him. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he's a tremendous, this is what he said to me. He is a tremendous herbalist. And that's what he said to me. And I'm like, wow. So every time I would be around teacher, you know, every day I'm around teacher, talking to him and stuff, and basically kind of like an errand boy, I guess you could say, because um, I would help him do different things with his classes. He would teach martial arts. He would teach yoga. He would teach Tai Chi, uh, Aikijitsu. And he would take me around with him. And I would just hear him always talking about herbs, telling everybody about herbs. And I was just picking up on it. It was just getting lodged in my brain. And then eventually I got one of those herbal books and I just uh, start reading it. But the main thing is, I'm saying that we want to be able to give practical herbal remedies that people can afford, um, that we can tell them about when we meet them, if they need you know, different help or different things. We always want to keep that uh, information sharp in our brain. We always want to do that because a lot of the issues that we have, I mean, all the disease and the sickness and disease comes predominantly from eating habits or bad eating habits. Um. Anyhow, I just wanted to open with that and uh, make sure we discuss that regularly. So uh, last week we kind of went over this Amalek guy, and I want to say that I I I think I figured out how he was able to hide himself. And what what he's done is he's taken on citizenships. And the citizenships cover up the nationality. And then he's um, wiggled his way into powerful bloodlines such as the Romans, through adoption. And that's where it's at. And um, you just got to always remember, the real Esau is really Amalek. Esau's gone, but Amalek is Esau. is his grandson. And he has the same mind as Cain. They are really one. They're really one the same <clears throat> because that mind is the total enemy. That's the real mortal enemy of the Israelites. And it's like the brothers that are out there in the street shouting Esau. I mean, basically, they're kind of correct. They just, they just 
trying to make all Caucasians Edomites, which is not true. But the hatred that was on Esau, it transferred to his grandson. And his grandson, whew, this guy is wolf, pure evil. And um, just keep that in mind. All Caucasians are not Edomites. But this Amalek is, is he's, Amalek started off, quote, unquote, black or more melanated. Esau had melanin, no matter what they try to make him out. He had melanin originally. He was just, uh, he had albinism, which is broken um, melanin. He had albinism, but he had it, you know, nonetheless. So with this Amalek guy, he's really, really blended in and with these Romans. And um, he's wicked. He's the enemy. Minister. <clears throat> Yes. I just did a podcast before I came on here. It's funny you brought this up because I actually read uh, in the editions of Esther during the time that um, uh, this is actually right around the time that um, Mordecai was able to, with the help of Queen Esther, uh, they were able to preserve the people and they were able to get the aid um, and execution of uh, Cyrus, or was it Cyrus? I can't remember. No, Ahasuerus, uh, I'm sorry. And um, they were able to get the uh, aid of his court to help against Hammond. Now, in the book, they mentioned that they called him a Macedonian and said that he was a stranger from the Persian blood. So I'm rationalizing in my mind as, well, then he must have been, because I'm also, if I can remember, they also uh, mentioned somewhere that he's an Amalekite, or his father was an, was an Amalekite, or something of that nature. So I said, well, then he must have had Macedonian citizenship, or he had, quote-unquote, dual citizenship. And when you spoke on it just a few seconds ago about the Amalekites uh, his him able to blend in, I think he was so able, Malachi was so able to blend in because of his use and his versatility and dual citizenship as, you know, uh, the Romans and the Germans were able to do. So they, you know, used dual citizenship as a, uh, to their advantage. And, I mean, you can kind of see that happening with... Um, Herod in uh, some cases because of how he was able to maneuver within, you know, uh, under the jurisdiction of uh, the Romans while he was, you know, presiding over the um, over the Jews. I hate to call them the Jews, but nonetheless the Jews. And, um, yeah, everything that you just said, I was just thinking to myself, yeah, that makes sense now. 
and it would I guess you can say that he learned how to use dual citizenship, which made me think in my mind, it's all you know, it it just basically gives you an idea of what dual citizenship what dual citizenship could offer. Not saying that you should make mischief with it, but I'm just saying that obviously, you know, it uh affords you certain uh different avenues and pursuits. I say it that way and I yield. Thank you for that, brother. <clears throat> yeah, um this whole thing Nationality, citizenship, and religion has a lot of people confused. And it's like you can get away with murder, like literally. That's exactly what's happened because, you know, um, people would do things as let's say how could I compare it like today if they would do things as American citizen well they're an American citizen but you don't know what their nationality is so then you just automatically just think in your brain oh it's the American yeah but we're not the same bloodlines over here this is a mixed multitude you know so I can see how you can really cause some damage. Um, I am, I got kind of a heavy heart because my uh, mother-in-law, like, again, this just happened again. She went to the doctor. Well, maybe this is yesterday. No, two days ago. And because she hasn't been talking and things like that, right? So the doctor's like, well, you might as well be prepared for her to die because once they get to this point, then they just give up. And the thing is, I know the problem is that she was she's on this medication, which has got her drowsy all the time. And because of that, you know, she's it's kind of um, difficult. However, I know that she's just not the type that's just going to give up. But um, and I also know that it's because she has these chemicals, and the chemicals are combating some of the natural things we're doing. And before she went to the hospital, she was okay. She was a whole lot better. And it would you would think that the hospital should do something that was good. Well, she comes back, she's worse. And she's been in the hospital twice in this last year. Well, since last September, she was, she's only been with us since September. But since she's been here, she's been in the hospital twice. And both times she's come back in worse condition. So... The Almighty led me and is always going to lead me, well, I'm going to lead myself, excuse me, to law as a remedy. 
and commerce as a remedy. And because of this, let me just tell you all, Sister Torah was able to get two different insurance plans, I guess, that her mother had. Her mother didn't, I don't know what her mother knew, but I know she wasn't using them like how Sister Torah is using them. So Sister Torah's got two of them and has them paying 100% of all her health care needs. So one will pay, like, say, up to 80%, and the other one will pay up to, like, 50%. But she used one for 80 and then the other one for 20 and they are paying 100% of some of these health care needs. Well, in the law... <clears throat> There's remedy for, I guess it's called hospice, where where it's uh, home-oriented because I said, listen, she's not going back. I don't care what happens. She's not going back to them hospitals for no extended period of time. If she got to go for emergency, that's one thing, but not for no, because they just ain't right. Well, come to find out today that they this particular coverage um, makes it so that <clears throat> they do house call the doctors and the nurses. And she doesn't have to go to the hospitals anymore. Unless, of course, it was like some emergency surgery. And I wanted to put that on the record because there, as much as the, the things that these people do, these Romans do, is bad in some cases, there's always remedy, and the remedy is not in their control. The law, they know if you don't have remedy in law, they know that they will get crushed overnight. So I had to say that. <clears throat> Anybody else get a chance to do any podcasting? Any recordings? Okay. I'm Shalom. Sir? Hey, phone on the record. This is Brother Lynn. So I went out there to try to uh, do my recording on Friday and I think I got, well, I don't think, I know, I got confused. Um, I think when we was doing it before, I had experience with um, blog talk, so I knew what to do with the um, the switchboard and everything. Uh, we would either do live shows or um, we could uh, pre-record or uh, actually do an upload. For the life of me, I could not figure out how to do that once I logged into uh, TalkShoe with those credentials. I, I, I didn't I, – honestly, I don't even recall ever, um, like, creating a recording. I, I think my only experience with that was on somebody's show or when we was doing the roundtable. 
I would just call in. I've never like created one. So for me to do that solo, I just I guess I just need somebody to um sit with me and show me the ropes of how to do it on talk show. Um well, you know what? Uh Okay. I I think I can explain it. Basically, uh, what you could do, I don't think that the, the channel, I don't think that it's uh, public. Hold on, let me make sure. Wow. <laughs> 2014 was the last time anybody did a recording on there. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. It was only one recording. Oh, whatever. It's over with now. It's 2018. Okay. Uh, Let me see. Let me see. Unlisted. Okay. It is... It's not listed, so that means it is a private recording. Uh... Let me just check one more thing. Unlisted participant. Guest participation. If you select blocked, all guest participants will enter the unlisted call phone muted. Oh, okay. Well, it's unlisted, so nobody knows it is there. So when you go in, it'll be a private recording. So how you would do it is, um, did you did you log in at, or you just called in? No, I logged into the website and I was browsing around because that was what I was used to on. Um, like I said, I had them confused, and that was what I was used to on uh, Blog Talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, if you log in, it's probably easier to do it on your phone. So you would just call in the number. Then you type in the call ID and the password together then it's going to say your instant call has been created. And then um, after that, it's going to tell you to type in the call ID again. Then it's going to ask you for the password. Then it'll take you in, and then you just hit, it'll tell you, hit star two to start the recording, to start the conference. So that's all you got to do. The only thing you got to remember when you first call, it's an instant call. So um, you type in the call ID and the password all together. So it will be 135-413-832-777-9311 hashtag. And then it will say your instant call has been created. And then it will say uh, type in your call ID. So then you go one three five four one three, 
I'm going to show you typing your password or whatever, passcode, whatever, 832-777-9311, and uh, hashtag in, then it'll take you to start the recording. You do the recording. Once you're done, then you hit star two, and it will stop it, and um, that's it. Okay. Bye. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. No, Minister, I I have to bring something up to you. Um, so while you were helping the brother, I was um on Google Newsstand, and they have this is interesting. Giuliani, and I didn't know that Giuliani was Trump's uh uh, uh lawyer or whatever, but he mm-hmm. said that they cannot indict a sitting president. At least they acknowledged that to us after some battling. They acknowledged that to us. And they said that that conclusion is likely based on long-standing Justice Department guidelines. It is not about any assessment of the evidence uh, Mueller's team has compiled. A lack of an indictment would not necessarily mean the president is in the clear. Mueller could issue a report making referrals or recommendations to the House of Representatives. The inability to indict a sitting president has been has been the position of the Office of Legal Counsel in the Justice Department since the Nixon administration and reaffirmed in the Clinton administration, but it has never tested in court. So I'm bringing that up, brother, because I, uh, I know here we have talked here and there uh, about uh, Trump being impeached, and I wonder how that necessarily affects the impeachment of Trump. Well, uh, it's two totally different things because you can be impeached, but you know it's not an indictment. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's two totally different things, but okay. It's, it won't. It won't really affect it. If the, if they can't indict the president, um, they maybe it's from an office position as opposed to uh, you know a personal jurisdiction thing. Because I'm sure, like you I mean, he can't go out and shoot somebody, you know. Like he said, he could, and people would still vote for him. Well, if he actually went and shot somebody, yeah, he would be indicted. It wouldn't, no question about it. But if it's like on some governmental charges, then maybe that's what they're talking about. But um, Trump is, oh boy. I mean, I just, I heard today that now North Korea is talking about pulling out of the, the handshake, you know, but whatever, man. We just got to keep doing what we're doing and um, got to make a better way. When it gets tough, you got to get tougher as a man. When when life gets tough, you got to get tougher. And uh, you can't always uh, run from things and just leave them be. Sometimes you got to figure out how to work around them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many obstacles. Sometimes you got to work around them. But um, 
Yes, sir. So I am really tired, but uh, let me see. Look, the thing that where we are now is, in all honesty, um, just keeping it 100, it is the people in the nation, not everybody is probably only small percentage of us that really do take this thing seriously enough. Um, so it's, it's difficult, like when you want to say, okay, well, let's get on this social media, let's connect there, and let's start pushing stuff. And then uh, everybody doesn't do it. So, so like, there's nothing anybody can do to make somebody participate. And um, as a result, I, I just know that the real reason for that is that these are just not the right people for that kind of effort. Nothing wrong with the people. You know, I'm not saying that I'm trying to put anybody down, but when it comes to teamwork and team effort, it's just not everybody is there, you know. Um, some of them don't take it seriously enough. And as a result, we got to find the people who do. So, I'm hoping that us here can make this thing work on a small scale because I'm going to tell you, what I've seen works, that I know works when it comes to uh, drawing the people to you is, uh, how do you say, uh, each one reach one. Like, EK's here because of Patrice. Brother Patrice reached EK. Um, Robert's here because, well, I was talking to Robert on Facebook. Um, Shedrick, I guess you just heard some podcasts and you came on board. But do you know Azim, who really is, you know, a bit nuts at times, has reached a number of people. And if I'm not mistaken, maybe Anisha. Gavin and Trevon are here because of Antigenaire. It's, it's, and what I'm trying to say, even with, even though they're no longer with us, the, the, 
the Bartholomew, Jesse, and Nathaniel. Uh, they're, they're all blood brothers, but Nathaniel heard about us first, told his brothers about it, and they came on board. So it's each one reach one. And what I'm saying is, <clears throat> in the past, it's been really difficult. You can't really talk the stuff that we talk like you can't really talk to this, this government law and commerce stuff to the average individual. Lynn, I can't remember how you found this. Were you listening to the podcast? Hi, uh, brother. I, I, um, I, I think I shared this with you before. Um, you know, me and, um, Brother Neil was sort of passing in the night, and I, <laughs> I was standing on some um, some sovereign mythology, and I ended up spending a weekend. I think it was uh, Thanksgiving of 2012. I ended up spending the weekend in the box for like three days. Well, that actually Thanksgiving weekend, um, you know, trying some sovereign tricks, and then when I got out. <laughs> Um, I came to, to Jacksonville. I was actually supposed to talk to Neil maybe about three or four months before that. And um, as soon as I got into Jacksonville, I ended up calling him. And uh, we started having a rapport. And he was, you know, he was on everything. But, you know, he was the one that turned me on to um, the podcast and the tribes. And um, and you got you got to understand how how – much that had made an impression on me because that was Thanksgiving of 2012. I came into the nation, uh, um, what, January of 2013. So it wasn't even like 30 days, but in them 30 days, I was going to sleep, listening to them podcasts, waking up, listening to them podcasts. And it, it just was like the most I just opened a channel of my understanding such that when I got on the phone with you, you know, I, I was able to speak to, because I know that was one of the things that uh, was always a barrier or would be a barrier. It's like, you know, you would always say, well, you got to know something about us. <laughs> and if you don't, you know, we're going to tell you to go back and learn a little bit more, you know, before you, um, before you approach. Um, but, you know, that, that was how I got my first exposure. The brother um, pointed me in this direction and, you know, it was, uh, I just kind of bird dogged it from there. So, I forgot about that, brother, <laughs> because, <laughs> because um, I remember talking to you about that. I do. And, um, yeah, I do. And, I mean, it's it's crazy because I remember, like, everybody that's in the nation, I remember talking to everybody on the phone. And um, I remember I, I talked to Ramya. I don't know, a couple of different times. And Ramya, you remember that? Because you were like going through stuff and moving here and there. And this is before you actually, this is when you first, I think it was, was it a, was it a, a zine that turned you on to the nation? Oh, is he there? Are you there, Ramya? 
Okay, are you there, Brother Robert? Hey, brother. Yeah, how are you, sir? Hanging in there, brother. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there, brother. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, Brother Robert, what made you... I remember talking to you on the Facebook, and it was like... I don't know. At first, it was like your attention was not... I didn't think your attention was on what we were talking about, but then... Maybe a week later, it's like you you really it's like you flipped. Do you is that accurate for me to say that? Yeah, um, that time and you know, at, when I first came into everything, I was with the uh, you know I was dealing with with the Moors. I was underneath the whole thing with the Moors with uh, you know Hablod at the time and. Um, they were going through their little whole shenanigans with the little schism that they had with the Moors and everything like that. And, um, you know, I, I wanted, you know, me being new, I wanted to learn more about the information. And because I kept going from different people to get the, because I used to go to Abelard and just ask him for information, but he, he was always the type of dude that always wanted to create like little, uh, what is that? The, the little debates, so it was really difficult for me to be able to like gain an insight in terms of um you know learning who the Moors were, learning the type of information and everything like that. So what wound up happening is there was another brother that I was also dealing with that was with Abelard. His name is may he rest in peace, Imamu Ankrael at the time. And um I used to, I was kind of working with him, but he, you know, now that I look at it, he was really heavy on that sovereign citizen flow. But because of that, um, he wound up having Brother Azim on, on his page. And, you know, I befriended Brother Azim and, you know, I was trying, you know, at this time I was trying to ask different moors and I was trying to find out, find my way. And Brother Azim was telling me that, you know, you need to uh, mess with this brother named Jedediah. You know what I'm saying? You know, Jedediah Judah at the time, that was the Facebook page you had. And so what what wound up happening was, you know, I was after dealing with all these moors and all that type of stuff, I just, you know, I just said, all right, let me just contact the brother. And um, that's when I was, because my mindset at this time was just like, I was like, man, forget all this, man, because it was getting to a point to where the brothers was, you know, and then not even that, but before that had happened, I just came to find out that one of the Moors at that time, it was an elder named, you know, I ain't going to name his name. I'll just leave it like that for, you know, for purposes, for personal reasons. But he had charged me about, what was it, close to like nine, five to $9,000 for the nationality doc packages at that time. And, you know, at that time, I was real mistrustful of anybody. So at the time it was just real crazy. And then I had reached out to you and I had, I still got that inbox by the way. And I'd ask, you know, brother priest, uh, you know, about the Moors. And then I'd asked him about, you know, certain other things in there. And, you know, brother priest had, you know, wrote back to me and he told me about, you know, what the Moor was. And he told me to check out the information. And if the information is 
something that, you know, corresponded with myself than to, you know, reach back. So, you know, took the information, you know, I was listening to the shows and everything. And then, you know, at the time I was still with the, the, the Moors. So I was with a couple other brothers and they were completely like, you know, talking a whole lot of mess about the Hebrews. And they were like, ah, yeah, the Hebrews, they wait. Because, you know, the Moors are real, these guys are real arrogant. You know, I, well, at that time they were. And they were like, well, you know, the Hebrews are way behind. They're not really up to par with everything and everything. So I was in a whole malaise. You know, I was just like back and forth, back and forth with, okay, where, where, how, do, how do I go about this? You know what I'm saying? So it was really, really difficult for me to, hold on one second. Hold on, brother. Somebody's knocking at my door. My apologies. I don't know who this is. Hold on, brother. No problem. Yeah. Um, my point to it is each one reach one. And this has got to be an active thing because we need better qualified people. We we desperately need better qualified people that uh, I'm not blaming the people that are, you know, I'm not blaming the people too. I feel like as much my um, burden and responsibility and my dilemma and my fault, but when there are certain things that you can't do, like make a um, Facebook page, <laughs> oh, or just do that. Now, that's not on me. <laughs> like, for God's sakes, man. Like, unbelievable. But um, each one reach one. That's what it's really about. And uh, I've been applying this with, been doing some testing with, um, Trevon, because Trevon is, he comes from the Seven Day Adventist, and I've always gotten along with Seven Day Adventist, like my whole life. And I didn't really know much about them, but I just knew that the ones that I've known, they've always been good to me and respectful. And as a matter of fact, it was a, a seven-day Adventist. Uh, it was a church. I don't know if it was a seven-day Adventist church, but I think that it was. But they opened up the doors for me when I first started um, to uh, rent out space there. And um, it just always been good, so... I set this bomb off <laughs> with the seven-day adventures through Trevon, <laughs> and boy, it is working. It's working. It's like he went, I said, Trevon, take a listen to this particular recording. Go share with somebody and give me the feedback. And it is working. Like it's affecting people now. 
The difference is I consciously was not going to go in depth with these scriptures and government law and commerce. I, I just wanted to do a little bit enough to give people to wake them up and enough for them to be, to want to learn. But then even when the people came in the nation, I was still cautious and I see that I was rightfully cautious because now you got Nathaniel out there selling sovereign mythology. Now you got Neil out there getting back into sovereign mythology, and he's talking about he's Christ. And you know, just number you got Tobiah and, and Elias who went into this um, Tyreek based sovereign stuff, and that really will get you messed up. And um, <laughs> You know, so I'm glad that I didn't. Well, now I'm starting to go into scriptures because it's the time to reach the the real the real people. And um I'm just not going in deep with, with specific law still, but and believe me, I got thousands of law terms and references for the scriptures that I was only going to release to this priesthood, which is what we're going to do now. Um, but it's only for, you, you gotta, you gotta understand it. You gotta, it's to, to, um, reshape your mind because you miss, uh, you just, it's too easy to miss, Small things. Just too easy. Like the lost sheep, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Shedrick, what is he saying? You gotta think deep now. It's not it's not surfaced. What is he saying? I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, I would say to that that he, what he's basically saying is I'm here to establish a government upon the children of Israel. I'm here to resurrect the children of Israel. I'm here to help the children of Israel find their peace in terms of justice, uh, uh, in terms of law, in terms of how they applied it and things of that nature. That's basically what he was saying because he recognized that all the other nations around them were thriving off of it while the children of Israel were lost to it. And he came to restore that practice and help them to establish a government, with it, a, a, a real government, or help them to come back to the government that they uh, thrived off of NIU. Okay, that was great. Now, hold that thought. Let me check. Brother Robert, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, brother. Yes, sir. The floor is yours, brother. Uh, I'm not sent, but to the Lord's house of Israel. Um, oh, to continue what you were talking about before you left. Oh, oh. 
oh, oh, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was uh actually this was the uh, uh, police officers, but they were knocking on different doors. I left I left they behind out there. I don't know what they was here for, but they was knocking on all these different doors and sort of bad, but you know, I was like, okay, I don't know. They they obviously not looking for me, so they kept knocking on doors. Maybe they're trying to look for something else. But yeah, what I was saying was uh before was um yeah. At the particular time, um I'm trying to remember what part I was on. I'm trying to remember. I remember, yeah, at the time that, you know, uh, one of the elder brothers that I was dealing with, I was trying to learn about this from, I mean, I went through a few things. I had also went to, at the time, the Morris Science Temple, I mean, Morris Temple of Science, and I was with all these different factions at the time. And then, um, you know, Bella Azim had uh, kind of let me know to reach out to you. And then I, you know, cause I, you know, in that inbox, I was saying something along the lines of that. I wanted to know what the Moors were about and the Moors were just being real arrogant, egotistical. And then you had told me that you were understanding that, uh, how that whole situation was about. And, uh, we kind of conversed and then you, you sent me the inboxes and things like that. And, uh, yeah, at the t- my mentality at that time was just, it was just, I was just like, oh man, what the, you know, cause it was, it was really a lot of confusion because I was like, okay, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And then, you know, people, there was a separation between the temple moors and then you had the sovereign moors. It was just a whole lot of stuff at that time, but getting to the point. Um, so I wound up, um, you know, now I remember, I remember also that, uh, that at the time, I, it was something that you had told me, I think it was where it was like a September 18th at the time where you had told me, I think you had sent out, it was a Rico Bay guy. I think it was at the time. He had, I can't really remember, but he had said something about that September 17th, something along the lines of that we had to be on alert because they may try to make a move to foreclose, so to speak in that type of language. And, uh, I kind of had like a uh, nonchalant mentality at the time, so it was like, okay, well, I don't know what's what's what, man. And it was just everything was crazy, you know. I had the more brothers telling me, oh, I don't, you know, them Hebrews and this, this and that. So everything was just all crazy. But once I got into, and at the time, I just started. Okay, I said, well, let me evaluate this for myself. So I started listening to another brother. Um, at the time, but he was with those camps. Actually, he was he was really talking about the things of those camps, and he was kind of um, trying to persuade brothers away from getting from those camps. Um, his name was Yashahala, or something like that, at the time. And um, you know, I was going back and forth with that and with the message here with tribes, but it, it was crazy because, like, you know. When I when I listen to the difference, man, with the language that the brother was talking on the show and with tribes, like I ain't gonna front. When I first listened to it, I was like, "Whoa, that stuff is some powerful stuff right there." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like, okay, because I never heard anything like that before. You know, like 
for me to listen to the Yashahala guy, he was, you know, saying stuff about, and it was about, like, you know, the devil, the white man's the devil, and all this type of stuff and everything. And, you know, it, it was just a time of confusion at that time. But what wound up happening when I started listening to the message and I just started listening to the podcast, um, the uh, all the shows, like writing them down, waiting every Sunday afternoon. I was uh, listening to the shows and, you know, writing my notes. And I still got all these notes that are all wrinkled up, but most of them I still was able to get. And then I wind up getting composition notebooks uh, because, you know, it was so it was there was so many notes I used to write on these pads with the spiral pads and stuff. But I wrote all those notes and then it started connecting. And then, you know, um, eventually I was able to. Um, uh, conversate with you correspondent wise um, through email and um, then after that I paid the uh, the fee that, was, that we had to pay then brother Michael had contacted me one time as I was going to work and we spoke and he just wanted to ask me some questions and things of that capacity and, um, and then that was it I came in, got the information and uh, you know yeah, yeah, I am now, man. You know, um, but at at that time, man, like, yeah, my attention was at the time. My attention was just it was nonchalant because it it was really. That's why I sympathize with the brothers and sisters nowadays, man. Because the brothers and sisters nowadays, they don't really know the proper what is what is what, you know. Because I've been there, and when the more when like even some questions I see on some of the mores on my page, like some of them ask some questions like, Oh, you don't know what the constitution is. Like, Oh, see, this is a problem. with our people. Like it was just that type of thing. But it was also like, they were trying to keep secrets from the people, you know, like they're like, Oh, you got to make sure you, you you're just not ready for this type of stuff instead of trying to help the people. And I can relate so much to that because at that time, like I was trying to find myself and, um, I was never able to get that the information to understand who I truly was. And the reason why I learned about the Moors was because, um, you know, I was told that we weren't African-Americans and we weren't black and that we were, we at that time I learned that we were Moors. But once I heard this message, then I had better clarity as far as who we are and what our specific charges and, uh, what our mission is and purpose and all these other different things. So uh, this thing has really set my direction, you know, in life. And it's really, really changed my life a whole lot. And I'm just blessed to be here, man. And it was, that was a long way, brother. That was a long, long way, man. Like, man, it was, it was crazy at that time, man. You know, for for a brother just learning about this information. So, but uh, nonetheless, this point made. Yeah, the brother reached out to me on Facebook. You know, I was brought in. Uh, well, led to the brother by Brother Azim and I. Praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. I remember that interaction because, like, from my perspective. Uh, my vantage point, it was like I was talking to you on Facebook, then I was talking to you in the email, and that was right before my e my email. Well, that wasn't my personal email. That was the nation's email. 
and then it just blew up like crazy, like all types of people. Because what somebody had done is that they had forwarded something and they put that email address in it. Then all these people that they forwarded it to, now they had the email address. And then people are emailing me, asking questions, and, just, and it got just too crazy. And uh, it was just, it was out of control. It was just, uh, it was like 5,000 emails in there, like in about three days. And it was just out of control. But, you know, Michael, one thing that he did, re- that he he's really gifted at, is that he speaks very well, so he um, he can he can really he might not understand something at first, but when he understands it and he starts speaking it, he can make it really um, sound good to people, <laughs> you know. So he he's gifted at that, and um, he wasn't the, the he wasn't a hard worker. And I'm not trying to put him down, but you know he wasn't um, terribly hard worker. But you know he did do a lot of good in attracting people to us. But anyway, um, I knew this by the way. I one of the reasons why I selected him and said. This guy can be an ambassador because he was articulate and he was like light skinned, curly hair, half breed. Well, maybe, you know, he was Judah, but, you know, his mother's Caucasian. And I knew that Negroes were color struck. And I knew, and he was also tall and he had a lot of different talents. Like he could do sports, he could rap, he can you know, dance, and he had all these different talents. So I knew Negroes were color struck. And I said, now, if this guy is an ambassador, as well as he speaks, and he's a handsome fellow, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be paying attention. And sure as hell, that's what happened. And he he was able to bring them in just because they would see a picture of him, you know, and um, male and female. They would see a picture of him, and something in the Negro's mind is saying, mm, this guy, he talks very intelligently, and, yeah, I got to figure this out. And so what I've seen is, like Taj Tariq Bay, he's articulate, and he's not, you know, he's kind of like, medium brown complexion. He's not darker. So Tajiri Bay literally says some stuff that is complete nonsense. But the way he says it, it sounds very articulate, and then Negroes go for it. And that's and I knew that. But anyhow, what I'm trying to say is what we really want to do with this um, Pictures of Men and why I want to urge you all to do recordings is you got to pick out some recordings that are going to reach the common people. 
that have um, good characteristics and work ethics and, you know, not people that are destitute, (laughs) you know, and desperate. Um, Unfortunately, this is not a time for that because they can't help build and all they do is just murmur, you know, and complain and everything is everybody else's fault but their own, you know. So what I'm saying is we need to pick out recordings and um, and picking those out. We need to share them with people, you know, one at a time. Send them to somebody and say, hey, check this out. Tell me what you think. You know, um, I do it. I still do it. You know, I've done it on Facebook and um, with some Hebrews, but, you know, those Hebrews, Facebook is harder because you really can only contact a group or your friends list. And it's kind of hard, you know, but but still you can do it. And I'm just saying it works, um, but but ultimately it's hand to hand. It's each one reach one, and we need to do that, and we need to be mindful. I, I'm so serious about this. I know. I really need some help, like in. The, particularly in the computer, um, like, uh, creative type of way. You know, it just, we need some people. Well, let me say this. Um, I revisited this, so I kind of mentioned this, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but when we first were doing civil diplomacy, and I read the scripture about Moses and his father-in-law, and that was what told me to say, that's what told me, okay, um, you got to get some help in here because Jethro told Moses, you're going to, you're not going to survive, man, if you keep going this way and you don't have, you, you, you don't have the help you need. He said, go to the elders first. Now, what I did was I went to the 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 people in the nation, and as you can see, that more than half of them that started with us, they're no longer here. And Tajanair's gone, Bartholomew's gone, Nathaniel's gone, um, Tyler and Tony are gone, um, and. Bartholomew, I think that he really does want to come back, but I just, you know, I'm, I just, it's not in my heart any longer. He just has done too much wrong. But, you know, for me personally, I'm just saying that. And right now, I don't even want to even think about him or, unfortunately, I don't want to deal with him. And I hate to say that, but 
It's like he almost turned into an enemy. And he really did turn into an enemy. He was encouraging people to stop paying their dues, which they did, or, or some of them did. They stopped paying their dues. Um, and he was trying to encourage people to quit their duties with the nation. And he just totally turned against us while trying to claim he's working with us. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But anyway, I'm just trying to lead up to this each one reach one. So I am at a point where I, we, we can finally put this into motion, okay? This fishes a in, right? But how we do it, I've been posting recordings that are Christian-friendly in the Facebook group. Please take a listen to some of them and see if they are, are, are able to reach people that you know. If not, then please make some of your own podcast that you know can reach some of the people that are around you or that you come in contact with. But also, don't forget to... Um, don't forget to review their qualifications. Make sure they're hard workers and not broke, busted, and disgusted, you know. Like 48 Laws of Power, avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. Avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. Um, yeah, so... Just wanted to say that I am very exhausted. So, hey, brother, please. yes, sir. Quick question, brother. I just wanted to see this. I know definitely. Um, me and the brothers were kind of talking about something like this last night on the call. Um, but one, and is this this is where maybe perhaps this can be somewhat of a um. Uh, you know, something indicative of that, that what we spoke about last night. Um, and I just want to get your opinion on it. Now, there are a lot of these, um, these, uh, what do you call it, things on social media, like, you know, these, these um, pages that are on social media, like you got The Root or you have, uh, you know, uh, what's some other one, Financial Juneteenth and all these other different type of things that are on social media. My question to you would be, um, if it would be affordable, would you think that we can kind of uh, sort of rent out uh, some ad space or some type of place where we can, uh, you know, post some of the, the, the postings onto those type of, uh, you know, sites or websites or things of that capacity, brother? Um, yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Um, now, we do have some obstacles because, uh, you know, I just, I unfortunately, you got these people in the nation that just 
they don't take paying their dues seriously and um that's that's an issue but yeah but that's a great idea and it's something i think we need to do you know on a small scale um that is affordable for us to be able to do because you know that would help definitely so that's a great idea you said the root you mean like the what is the root is it the root dot com that you come out um yeah like what i do um I was just using that kind of an example, but like there's a lot of these um, pages that are on social media, like Facebook, that deal with predominantly issues pertaining to our people. Like, for instance, like I know now there's an uptick of, uh, you know, these restaurants and these establishments now are not allowing people of color to go in or to kind of discriminate against the people of color and things like that. So I think that right now, you know, the audience that the root is, um, you know, sending this this type of information to, if we can also be able to post, post this information onto the root, we can be able to kind of, uh, you know, take some of that particular target market or that particular audience. And I do know that some of these people that are on the root or in those, or no, not the root particular, I'm just using an example, uh, on some of these social media, sites they have um what do you call it people who are like business owners or people who are like you know kind of professionals and things of that particular capacity not to mention sometimes um a lot of these celebrities they wind up getting hip to a lot of these things through a lot of these social media um these pages and things like that so i just just try to see if that would be a good idea for us to be able to you know kind of just put you know, if it's affordable or whatever the case may be, maybe we can kind of link it to their particular site or something like that. But there's there's a whole bunch of them, brother. So, well, yeah, we'll have to set a time to really uh, go over it. If you know the stuff, then we have to go over it and see what we can start with. So, yeah, that's definitely something we should do, brother. Great idea. Absolutely great. Mm-hmm. And could another thing... Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies, bro. Oh, go ahead, bro. No, I was just saying, like, uh, maybe we can kind of, um, you know, so to speak, or we can elect somebody to, uh, you know, well, it could be, you know, myself being that, you know, uh, diplomatic officer and things like that. So maybe perhaps somebody can reach out to, uh, you know, sometimes they have you know, email addresses or, you know, the email, you know, tapping into the email or to contact them or contact somebody in their uh, public relations department or something like that. So maybe that could be something we could kind of do. Man, yeah, brother, that's great. That's great. Brother Priest. Yes, sir. Uh, this is Akram, yeah. Um, I just got a couple of I got a question and then I got a comment. Um, the comment is uh I I was just sitting back observing and it's crazy how you know, the more we gain understanding about self, um I look back at, at the condition of our people 
And, you know, I just started working at the mental uh, um, hospital. Um, the mental hospital have all these different patients from all over around the world. And just look, looking at the condition of the people, and I'm looking at our people, and they turn us into mental people. But uh, all of our people is running around rapid as mental patients. <laughs> Excuse, I, me for, <laughs> Excuse me for laughing, but you're right. <laughs> I'm 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 sitting here inside in, inside the classroom. You know, it's this this young Caucasian uh, uh, Caucasian young guy from Chicago. You know, and he tries so hard to be so sophisticated and use all these different big words, but I'm just sitting here looking at his behavior, and I'm like, like just something as simple as. Putting your eating the way that he eats, you know, he eats the, the popcorn. You know, he put his hands in the popcorn, knowing that everybody else is gonna eat the popcorn. So I'm looking at him, and I'm saying, "Hey, man, don't don't do that. That's that's disgusting. You know, that's germs. You know, other people are gonna eat out of that." So he just look at me and wipe his hand off and say, "My hands are clean." Then I look at our black people, and I'm sitting there, and they're just watching the guy, and they're just sitting like, this nasty. You know, we don't do that. We wash our hands. You know, mama don't allow us to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just something as simple as that. I watch our people, but then I go and watch these mental patients how they're sitting there yelling and screaming, people saying they're screaming and yelling at themselves, which they are, because it's their ego that they're upset with because they allow themselves to get into this space, allowing other individuals to come at them and break their actual mental space so now they're upset with them, so they're yelling and screaming at themselves and the people are actually taking, not taking them lightly. You know, they're laughing at them. And then I sit back and I'm looking at our people that's like right out, and they're doing the same damn thing. They're not as loud as them, but they're doing the same thing in the churches. Yeah, brother. Yeah. My my question that I have is um I wanna know when are you gonna be finished uh doing the videos because um myself um I learned over the period of time Ever since I became in the tribe and I was introduced to um, videos like Holy Are You, you know, that video was so valuable and so filled with understanding and knowledge. You know, uh, the message to the straw man, 
Um, it's another one that you have. I can't remember uh, the name of it. Um, but those videos were like value, and I do want to see it again. And I just wanted to know when you actually were going to um, release those videos again. Well, it's like, it's really hard for me to say because honestly, man, like, this thing is really time-consuming and it's a lot of work to just do the few things that I've been doing. So I can't really say, um, but I can. all I can tell you is I can put it to the forefront of my mind um, and it seems like it would be simple, but because videos are on DVD, then I got to convert it from DVD to being able to go back on the web on some of them. So that's really the delay. But um, I'm trying to get to where there's going to be more videos um, I still got videos that I've never released uh, that, like, uh, like uh, trick language. I never released that. It's like, man, I'm trying, man. I'm, I, that's all I can tell you. I'm trying. It's really difficult, brother. It's like, uh, man. I also it, it, have one more. Um, I apologize. Go ahead, buddy. I also have one more um, question. Um, I I'm in the process. I created um, a couple of songs. Um, I am gonna be doing videos for. Um, it's in the process of being mixed and mastered. Um, I can do all the mixing, but I can't do the actual mixing master. So I I got somebody that's doing it for me. But um, I want to, whenever we get a chance, um, I want to be able to send it to everybody once it's done. Um, But I also want to sit down and talk to you because um, one of these songs, or two of these songs is very valuable. and the way that I wrote it and articulate the words, um, that can actually help with a lot of the reaching and teaching. Well, you know what to do, brother. You get it ready, and then we'll take it from there. Because, um, yeah, anything helps, man. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like I, I want to do another channel outlet where it's 24/7 recordings, like the come out of her my people channel. That was like you know all um, come out of my people is more is more politically oriented. You know that's the whole idea behind it. With the message is more government law of commerce, but you know not very much scripture. Now, this time I'm thinking more scripture. Maybe we do a 24-7 channel for that, and we can play music and stuff like that. But um, anyhow, 
Hey, hey, Brother Priest, one quick question. Sorry. I'm going to let you get that, brother. My apologies. I was just wondering, um, now you just mentioned that the Come Out of My People TV channel as well as the uh, Soul Science Radio. My question is, uh, would you think that that could be something, and I say this because of this one reason that I mentioned earlier, we can start being able to, um, I mean, well, let me just ask, how, how is the Soul Science Radio still active, brother? Yeah, okay. very much. Okay. Now, my, my question I was going to ask is, you know, just dealing with from like a marketing and, and everything standpoint, um, I was just wondering if perhaps like maybe for us that part of the promotional um, campaign that we do, we can kind of push the uh, to come out of my people TV uh, stick, uh, channel as well as the soul science radio and then what we can do is also, I was just wondering what you would think that we, we could possibly do is kind of, like you said, you needed um, some people to help you with some computer work. So maybe, perhaps, maybe we can uh, set up some ads for some of the people, like on our, each individual pages, since everybody here has like a thousand, um, you know, friends or better, or whatever the case may be. Maybe perhaps we can have a particular, um, advertisement that's going to target the audience that we're trying to attract specifically the people who are actually doing these type of things like you have created an ad before about um artists um and how serious they are to be in terms of you know the type of pre-qualification they must have before even trying to uh you know uh negotiate with anything so do you think that we that's something else we can do uh with this campaign Man, it's a great idea. Uh, yeah, it's something we can do. And um, we might be able to discuss it tomorrow. So, yeah, it's something we can do, definitely. And uh, I, the way you just struck, the way you just said that, it kind of like took my brain back to what I used to do which that just kind of like opened my mind. Like we could just get volunteers and interns to help do some of this stuff. And I don't know why my mind wasn't on that before, but well, I guess I know why, because you would hope that the people in the nation would be able to do it and want to do it, but they just don't. So, um, yeah, so that's a good idea, man. Like open that up and try and uh, draw people. I'm gonna do that, man. That that gave me some light at the end of the tunnel, cause uh, I can see that that will pull people in that can help. Um, the TV, the come out of my people TV is uh, that's not not active right now. It's not gonna be active probably because all of these things are kind of connected and um, it's almost like a house of cards. If one thing goes wrong, then a, a bunch of things goes wrong. It's not totally like that, but you, you have to really check everything all of the time. And um, what the problem has become is that um, trying to recover from, these attacks from last year, the attacks from two years ago, and the attacks from four years ago.
trying to recover from that and get all the material back up to where it was. It's really time consuming and, you know, it's just really time consuming. I just can't say it no other way. But we got to just remember this because I got to go. I know we all got to go, but each one reach one. Pick some recordings that you think can relate to the people around you and just send it to them, ask them to listen to it, and, and give get some feedback from them. See what they think. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it with, like, what Trevon did. He sent it to people's email, um, directly to their email, some of the people he knew. So I didn't know he was going to do that. I just asked him to share it and, you know, let me know what some of these people think because I was trying to weigh it off of Christians to see what's a Christian's mind going to be like in response. Lynn, you know, your family has a lot of Christians. Most of them are Christians. Um, you know, again, my, my stepfather, you know, he's pastored a Pentecostal church for, uh, I think this year is, will be like his 30th year. And, um, you know, family members, uh, they're all Christians. Um, I have some of them that, you know, obviously are coming out because, you know, I, I speak to them, you know, maybe not as frequently as I should. But, um, you know, even, you know, at this point, even dealing with uh, with coworkers, you know, most of them are Christians as well. So, you know, I'm... I'm making a lot of people very uncomfortable, you know, not because I'm like engaging them in dialogue that is meant to be offensive because, you know, I, I, that that's not my intent, but it's just, um, it's just funny to see when you, you pose the question on things that people think they already have their mind made up about. And they continue to, 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 you know, they they, they want to operate based off belief, and then they always turn it around and say, "Well, what do you believe?" And you know, that's a, you know, just having you know that interaction, um, that's a challenge, you know, because you know, folks they they have strong opinions, um, they want to, uh, like I, I always say, they want to be strong and wrong. And it's like you care so much about these issues, but you don't care enough to go and fact check what you what you think you know. Um, so, yeah, for the most part, I'm surrounded by uh, you know Christians and people that are that are you know in that I would say idolatrous mind state because you got a lot of Christians that they need, they don't even follow the rules that are laid out for them even in the fantasy. So, and I think they just I think they're just wayward for the most part. I don't, I don't even want to insult people that actually are trying to follow the Christ. It's just that, you know, they're, you know, sort of following what they've been taught and they haven't, you know, been on that that path to truth-seeking. So yeah, I, I'm definitely surrounded by um, those of an idolatrous persuasion, and I yield. Well... Each one, reach one. Let's try it out. Study the people. Study their mind state. 
take mental notes or written notes of what makes them what they are. Because what we're doing is psychological surgery. And a lot of times, you got to remember one thing. Just because people don't necessarily join you doesn't mean that you failed. For instance, I helped some drug dealers, and they stopped selling drugs, and now they go to church. Well, that's a success story to me. So, all right, brothers, I got to get off. I know we all got to get off, so thank you all for being here, and um, we'll be here again next week. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.